have to talk about Formula One. Maybe not today, but... Like with Verstappen and how like no one can even touch him and like what's the, even the point? Right. And just in general, the drive to survive. Have you heard about that? The, no. What's that? A documentary series. So I'm going to suggest that you watch an episode as real as actual homework. Oh. And then we can talk about it. Write this down. Season three, episode nine. Okay. I don't think Bailey wrote it down. You can divide nine by three, so I'll remember that. And Luis, I know what has watched it. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he has. Season three, episode nine. It's called Man on Fire, which kind of gives it away. <gasps> hmm. But, but it's it's not exactly what you think. And oh, is it the one that? Uh, what's that guy's name? Um, Roman Grosjean. Oh no, that's not the one I'm thinking of. I'm thinking about that other guy who was in, you know. They, they made that movie about them. Um, oh, with... James Hunt and... Um... Yes. Not that guy. Yeah, no, no. This is a modern... Oh. Did he did he die? No spoilers. No. Oh. Yeah, it kind of ruins it. <laughs> okay. It'll be an interesting conversation. I think it's interesting how, like, they really have to be athletes and then all the physical stuff that they go through in the car, like the heat in the car and the, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. everything. People will say they're not athletes at the... People who say that have no clue what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know. So you were an athlete, Walt. All right. I was, <laughs> yeah. I did like half a dozen races, and I was not embedded in that. You're a dabbler. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you meet Paul Newman at a race, I think you're more than a dabbler. Did you meet Paul Newman? Don't you remember that? Oh, wait, you weren't You weren't on the podcast then when we got that story about Paul <gasps> Newman. They had a one-night stand, Bailey. Ooh, that's a good one. Tell her that story. We were at Lime Rock, parked right next to him. He, was, <gasps> he had a motorhome, but it wasn't a big fancy thing. And Joanne would sit up on top and watch the races in her folding mm-hmm. chair, and she'd knit. It was an enormously hot day, and I came out just covered in sweat and took the driving, mm-hmm. you know, the, you have to wear the layers of protection and took it off. And I was looking for somewhere to put it. And he said, hey, use the clothesline here. And he let <gasps> me put my suits on his clothesline to dry them out. And, and then we had to talk about the weather. That was pretty much the story. But, but he just, uh, he seemed like, you know, people always say that about celebrities, but seemed like a nice guy and yeah and his whole mode of operation at that point was just to not accept any interest from people he just kind of did what he did and when people started bugging them he'd just walk away and acted like a normal person right so was he hawking his dressing while he was there hawking his his salad dressing (laughs) Yeah, he'd bring along cases of Newman's own and try to sell them. His charity stuff. <laughs> he had a hand cart pushing him out. <laughs> By the way, that was 60s, wasn't it? No, I think it was early 70s. 60s, I think. Or was it 71? It was. Yeah. Which so Sundance was, but it was in that era. From... Okay. But that brings to mind another celebrity story that I for- I remembered after well, how many years ago that we had that celebrity show. I was working at the PBS station in Schenectady. I got a call like Saturday night to take a picture of Leonard Nimoy at Sunday morning at seven o'clock because they, they were doing some kind of promotion and they had a giant billboard up on a building in the middle of State Street Street in Schenectady. So I parked by the side of the road at 6.30 and waited, and 
Finally, this, this uh, you know, car taking him to the airport came along. They stopped the car and he jumped out of the back and he said, where do you want me? And, and I said, well, if you, if you stand right here and I can get the billboard behind you. And then I crouched down and I took a picture and then I said, and if we could just get a couple more, I know you're on the, and, and he said, see ya, and got in the car, <laughs> took off. And he did it not in a nice way. I mean, he was just right, so right. pissed off that he had to stop on the way to the airport. And... So that Hey Geographic documentary on him was not quite accurate. <laughs> no, no, not completely. At least on seven o'clock on a Sunday morning in Schenectady, he was not a happy guy. <laughs> he stepped on your hand. And <laughs> yeah. hey, remember when we had Patrick Stewart do that voiceover for one of our yeah. videos? Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was cool. And we told him we were all in there listening. He should have charged us more. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the audience. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen that extras episode with him on it? That show extras no. with Ricky Gervais. Remember, I don't watch, I, I don't watch TV like you guys do. <laughs> do you like Ricky Gervais? I do. I like him in in small doses. Oh, oh, because he had this show where he and his friend were extras, movie extras, you know, and they, so they would have people on the show like playing themselves. And Patrick Stewart was one of the funniest ones, you know. Yeah, oh those were all good, mm. but the, he was yeah. great. Yeah, and Ian McKellen too was. They were very funny. Speaking of shows, have you seen I Think You Should Leave? Oh, I oh. love that show. A, a guy I work with, he'll, he, we share an office, and every now and then he'll be chuckling, and he'll be, you got to come over here. And he, and he pulls it up, and he, he's like laughing before it even starts. Right. He laughs right. all the way through it. And I just this morning read an article that was in last weekend's New York Times Magazine on him. Tim, uh, oh. Tim Robinson? Yeah. Yeah. Tim Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to find that. Yeah. It's suddenly the word has gotten out. Yeah. It's the third season, but suddenly it's getting famous. And I It just kills me. Oh, my yeah. God. I It's funny because I looked at that title for like two years mm -hmm. on Netflix, you know, before right. I finally. Yeah. The only reason I started watching it was because the kids in the hall were doing their reboot. And so someone was saying, you know, if you don't know Kids in the Hall, but you can't wait for the second season of I Think You Should Leave, you should watch Kids in the Hall. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I would like this. And oh my God, I guy's mean, face is amazing. You can't, and you can't even really, you can't even really talk about a sketch because they go so right, right. off the rails. You can't, right. I mean, it's like they start off. It's this is an odd premise, and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it'll. Veer off. It gets even odder. Gets That's what this article else. talks about. Too. The only one of the funniest ones, though, was one that you can describe. The one with the three women having brunch, and two of them start posting on Instagram about you know having brunch with my BFS, oh, right. blah blah blah. Right. And do you know Vanessa Bayer Bailey from Saturday Night Live? I'm sure I know her. I didn't know who she was until I saw the show. You know, but she's really funny, and and she starts posting, and she's like having lunch with these pig dicks and we're just a bunch of, you know, just going, yeah. just going. And that, that's so finely tuned the way they go back and forth on that. But. Oh my God. Well, apparently the guy, the guy that he does, he does the, uh, the program with, they met as writers on Saturday Night Live. I guess. And, yeah. And they're like polar opposites from each other, but they just, they've found 
the comedy was so similar. They said nothing they ever wrote on that ever got on the air. <laughs> I can imagine. Right. Yeah. He said that yeah. and even the sketches that he was in when he was on Saturday Night Live, they would get cut all the time. I tell people, watch the first episode of that. And if you if you get that, you'll get the rest of it. But that right. is the basic. Did you see that, Bailey? The I'm not sure the, which one I saw that he was showing the me. but basic, simple premise of the door that you can push out. Yes, yes, can't. yes. <laughs> and just take an idea like yes. that and to make that work, I thought. Yeah, and wow. some so of them, like the ones that one the little buff, little buff boys, the one where there's this, this, it's like this convention for some. I didn't see that one. Oh, you, you got to. I haven't seen all of it. Oh, okay. It's, a, you know, like this, um this guy who's like an MC and he's, um, you know, doing this event for, I think it's like a corporate audience or something. And it's the little buff boys where they bring out like a bunch of little kids and like, it's a baby one. I saw that. Wait. Yeah. That's another one with the same guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, buff, the, these like kids buff. come out in these little like, um, suits, you know, like little weightlifter suits and it's just going yeah. on. I mean, it's just so it's just beyond <laughs> weird. I mean, right. Like I, I feel like the kids in the hall almost never did anything quite that weird. Yeah. But, but I guess you know it's a matter of taste. They did some stuff that was pretty weird too. Yeah. So yeah. Chicken Lady and all that. But yeah. you know, it's a little uneven, like any sketch show. Mm -hmm. but, yes. But some funny stuff. Yeah, and they have some good people guesting on there sometimes. Like the third season. Season. Did you notice this? What did you watch the third season yet, Wally? No. I haven't. Oh, because it's it's. I feel like in some instances he's got like guest stars kind of doing what he the playing the character he would have played like Jason, not Jason Schwartzman. He was in one, but there's someone else who does like the character that he would have done. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't know if that's like how they're branching out or something, but I don't know. Yeah, that is a funny, funny, funny I, show. Yeah, I did the same thing. I kept ignoring it because it just seemed right, like eh. right. Yeah, it takes takes some marketing to make things work. Yeah, it is. How's your phone, Bailey? It's good. It's working. This this could be a bridge that we use to go from story to story. How's your phone, Bailey? How's your phone, Bailey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes you could make it ominous. Right. You know. How's your phone? How's your phone, Bailey? Uh, right. <laughs> or creepy, right? <laughs> yeah. How's your phone, Bailey? <laughs> Did you know that all those trailer sounds have names? I bet. There's always the whoosh. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's one they call B-R-A-A-M. <laughs> yeah. So here's something. This is an align mm -hmm. alignment of the stars. Mm -hmm. we, we talked about Lake Mungo. Yeah. Or Grace talked about yeah. Lake Mungo. We didn't see it. Um, well, maybe that's your homework, Wild. I looked it up. 96% critics, 63% audience. It wasn't so well received, but mm. um, and there there are a couple of videos on YouTube about from people saying why it's the most terrifying film they've mm -hmm. ever seen. So then we talked about Lake Mongo, and that got us to Blazing Saddles and Mongo. Oh yeah, I looked that up. Part of the reason that was so funny is Alex Karras. He was a football player. Yeah, and he mm -hmm. apparently. He had a reputation in the 50s and 60s as being not the brightest guy, but when you wanted a, mon wanted a monster. Oh. To, mm -hmm. So when he punches the horse, that kind of resonated as the exactly the kind of thing that 
Alex Karras would do. He, mm-hmm. yeah, it had a kind of a background like that. He, oh, I didn't realize that. Anyway. <laughs> How's your phone, Grace? <laughs> I heard the obituary for Ed Ames. Yeah. Well, didn't you think who the fuck even knows who that is anymore? Well, exactly. But I, I mean. Right? I barely knew who he, he was. He was 95. And he was a singer as well as a thing. But he's famous for the clip on Johnny Carson. You'd have to look that up Mm. to see that. They said one of the longest recorded laughs on live TV. But For what reason? He teaches Johnny how to throw a hatchet. They have an outline of a guy standing Uh on a board. And he throws the hatchet and it goes right into the guy's crotch. So then the handle is sticking up. It, it looks like the guy has an erection. Nice, nice. And that got the longest laugh in television history. Oh, thank God. The audience is dying and nobody knows what to say. And Johnny says, and I didn't even know you were Jewish. Oh, and, I remember this. I do. And, and he was Jewish, even though he played a, a Native American on Daniel Boone. Mm-hmm. But his character was mm-hmm. Mingo. There we got Lake Mungo. Mongo, Mingo. And of course, Mango, we know what Mango is. So the only one, we're, we're only missing Mango. Well, that's the Chris Kattan character. Remember that? Mango. Maybe that was the nickname that Mengele's friends gave him. Mango. Yeah. It could, well, right. actually, Ed Ames' character, his full name was Paramingo, and he Ed also played Mingo's evil twin brother, Tara Mingo. Oh, come on. You're making this up. No, I'm not. So the only vowel... And Daniel Boone? Uh, Daniel Boone, I never saw that show. Uh, The only only vowel we're missing is E for Mingo. So I looked that up. There's a... Nothing. There's a Mingo hair salon on Lee-on-Sea, England... And there's Mango's Pizza in Newton, New Jersey. Those are the only Mango's on Google. How about M-Y-N-G-O? Did you look at that? No. Come on. It's stretching it. That's no. pushing the premise. To... It is sometimes. Why? I don't think it's stretching it. Thanks, Grace. Backing me up on that. We're a little bit more flexible than you are, I guess, Wally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you have time on your hands and you have Mango. Google, you can find out a lot of <laughs> Stuff. So we covered them. I got too much. I got way too much homework already. <laughs> but I heard when I heard Ed Ames died, I thought, wow, Mongo, Mongo, Mingo. Mingo, Mongo, Mongo. <laughs> yeah, Lake Mongo, it's so scary because if you watch the end credits, you see where her ghost really was. Hmm. Oh my God. It's very, it's a very disturbing movie. Emotionally disturbing, yeah. too. I watched know? the trailer and, yeah. you know, it's very slow moving. Yeah. It's, you know, a lot of people I think would not like it. Now, when I went down that Mungo rabbit hole, I came across something else. <laughs> Jesus. To... How do you come up with these phrases? <laughs> I had to look up Blazing Saddles, of course, to find out, you know, I couldn't remember the football player's name. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, Mel Brooks, his character was Governor William J. Lepetamine, mm-hmm. but he, but Mel also played an Indian chief, an aviator applicant, the voice of a German dancer, and the voice of a grouchy moviegoer. So then I thought that, I thought the name Petamine was familiar. You know this, Grace? 
I do. Because I'm a, uh, you know, with film. So I thought it was something to do with uh, like rabid dogs or something. I, I Somehow I connected with that, but it's not. Lepetamine was the stage name of the late 19th century French flatulist. Mm. Have you seen the movie? You know, I don't. I feel like um, there was film of him, and that's why I know him, but maybe not. I can't recall. There's a 1979 British short film based on his life. I don't think it's real film. Oh, I haven't seen that. It was, uh, yeah. I've seen pictures of him. Joseph Pujol was his real name, who could fart at will and whose farting performances at the Moulin Rouge in Paris drove his audiences to hysterics. Pujol was able to orchestrate his farts to music to the delight of the Parisian audiences. By ingesting charcoal, Pujol was able to generate the gastric gases essential to his stage act. For years, he was the toast of Paris. But with the passing years, Pujol lost his muscular control, causing his act to fail in a cacophony of flatulent explosions. Cacophony of flatulent explosions. I wonder when the first time that happened was and how, you know, like... Oops! (laughs) My research ended there, but I'm assuming that if he was the most famous flatulist, that must have been a whole genre, a whole, what do you call it, category of entertainment. Oh my God. Did we talk about the, the farting contest? Records that my father used That's to That's why I thought to. I should bring it yeah, up. Yeah, okay. That was way in the beginning. <laughs> in the farting contest <laughs> yeah. I would have with my sister. Well, we, did, we didn't actually right. fart. We would right. just make... We, we had the board of fart. It was like a... Yes, it was like a board of directors, but it was the board of fart. <laughs> like that, yeah. How do you even come up with that? <laughs> and, and it's interesting in, in France that that would be so popular. I wonder if any yeah, other country... You know, it's before phones. <laughs> Well, they like Jerry Lewis. They like Jerry Lewis. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, enough, enough said. Oh, my God. That was my big note for this episode. That was a good one, Walt. Wow. That, that was a lot. Of, yeah, it was a lot. Considering you were wearing eye patches off and on last month. Do you think all the flatulists were French? Yeah. Or would French flatulism be a specific subgenre mm-hmm. of flatulism? I guess more homework for me. Pet a main, does that mean anything? Well, pet, really? of, oh, what's pet? P-E-T is, uh, I'd have to look it up. Sorry. I'll look it up. I got nothing. I was actually going to go pull out my French dictionary, but you go right ahead. <laughs> The petoman meaning. Oh, okay. It says, oh, that's interesting. His stage name combines the French verb pete to fart. There we go. With the man maniac. So, so farting mania? Fart. Fartomaniac. I like that. Oh, my God. The profession is referred to as. Oh, fart. Where did they go? Oops. The profession is referred to as flatulist, farteur, or fartiste. So an artiste, a farting artist is a fartiste. I like that. Fartiste. Oh, whoa. <laughs> it was a common misconception that Pujol passed intestinal gas as part of his stage performance. Rather, he was allegedly able to inhale or move air into his rectum 
and then control the release of that air with his anal sphincter muscles. So he was really much more talented than we at first right. thought. That we even realized. Yeah. Just think of just think of the stories his his proctologist could tell us. Well, and yeah. how do you how did you discover that? Right? How did you discover right. you could do that? Do that, right? Walt. Well, I, I'm trying to imagine doing it now. I'm I'm on the verge of trying to do it. Maybe it started uh, like his one of his siblings is a farting contest between the two of them. I'm on the if verge you... of trying to look at look at while he's trying to do it. You can see him in his face. Get the air to go down your esophagus instead of your larynx. It's a it's it's a reverse. Well, it sounds it almost sounded to me like he was sucking it up through. He was sucking it up through that end. Right. Well, his bowels. I think there's a lot of research left to be done. <laughs> yeah. We just don't know enough. And I'm not going to no. do. But, <laughs> but if in the next couple of weeks I manage to do that, I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you will. You will. God. I know you will. This mission, should you choose to accept it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, well, I have some other notes, but I think yeah, see, well, see what I'm talking about? Saving. You're just like a therapist. Okay, yeah. our time is up. And then that's it for you. You don't care. Right. Right. <laughs> Bailey, how's your phone? Is that the button? The button? The button? What the fuck? It's not again? It's, it's, I don't know why. It's, it's, um... When it goes to the energy saver mode. So are we stopping? Well, I'll, the send, I'll send now? you what I have. So are we stopping the recording now? I'll send you what I have. Stopping it. Yes.